everybody. This is the Sports Best, the only podcast of the known universe that only brings you the best in sports. Wait a minute, the producer is telling me my ear. There is a podcast in the Alpha Quadrant of the Zoltarian Galaxy that is also doing, in fact, a positive sports thing. So we are one of two sports best podcasts in the universe. He is Andrew Keller, who, by the way, has a Q rating of 1,000 in the Zoltarian Galaxy. I'm Larry Olson, known nowhere. We are broadcasting to you fake live and direct on the Believe Podcast Network. Hello there, Andrew. Hello. I actually uh, just checked this morning. My Q rating is 1,100. It went up, so don't shortchange me, please. <laughs> Your Q, you know, I, I love the idea of Q ratings. Like, I just think this is like such a wonderful thing. Like, how, wh- how am I known out there? Am I known good? Am I known bad? I love Q ratings. You're known, you're known good because uh, you're on this show, and it's the sports best. I love me sports records as you know i love the statistics every week we start with some statistics we started earlier this week with the the tampa brady gronkineers running only five did i say it right you got it right that was the most shocking thing that's happened to me all week <laughs> yes they broke a re- nfl 100 year old record only rushing five times last weekend right so usa today came out with some uh, individual game records that have stood the test of time for the nfl I just want to go through a couple of them. I'm sure you have a couple that you really like. But one record that will not be broken, there were 16 punts. Leo Araguzas had 16 punts in 1998 in a, Ra- a Raiders uh, win over the Chargers. 16 punts in a game. That's a lot of punts. I feel like that could happen again. I think the ones that won't be broken are the defensive ones, like two safeties in a game or hey. seven sacks in a game. Hey, hey, don't go over that. Fred Dreyer had the two safeties in a game, and we know him as Dreyer's ice cream. No, Fred (laughs) Dreyer. I don't know who he is. Hunter from the TV show. Oh, see, you're too young. You're too young. You don't know that show, do you? I'm too young. Um, When I say Hunter, you have no idea what that is. No, Dreyer's ice cream. Dude, Fred Dreyer was this cop in the 80s, one of my favorite Uh, TV shows of all time. I'd like to say on the record that Dryer's ice cream vanilla is the worst ice cream, store-bought ice cream you can buy. <laughs> maybe, maybe Kirkland brand might be worse. Or yeah. seven sacks in a game. I think just with the way that the NFL has trended towards protecting the quarterback and being more offensive-centric, you're not going to get seven sacks in a game because one of those will be uh, targeting and you'll get ejected. I would just like to push back a little bit. I feel like it's a little bit easier to get a sack these days, though, because all you kind of have to do is just get a hand on a guy, and if he somehow goes down, you get credit for, like, a half sack or partial sack. Yeah, or what about... That, no, no, I think that seven sack one will be broken before we die. Manra bet on that? Yeah, Manra bet. Okay. It's double or nothing, because I haven't gotten my KBL <laughs> one yet. Or eight interceptions in a game by Jim Hardy. That's a lot. What do you think if we say Hardy? Do you think of loose meat sandwiches? Hey, by the way, are those aren't on the West Coast. They're like in Utah, right? Hardee's? Yeah, I think it's the sister of um, Carl's Jr. I think Carl's oh. Jr. and Hardee's merged. I feel like I've been to a Carl's Jr. Hardee's combo. And I was like, the what should I get? The roast beef combo. sandwich? Or should I get the, uh, the, the beef and cheddar? Well, I, I don't know. Oh, wait, I listen, think... back to Jim Hardy, like after seven interceptions, doesn't the coach go like, hey, man, we got to give this guy. Like, is there some great story that he was like late for the game? His car broke down. Truly, like there's this whole backstory of why he threw eight intersections of a game. And like at seven, doesn't the coach go like, hey, man, let's put in somebody else. Just let's get the backup in there. Yeah. Bring in the backups. man. No, he didn't. He let him throw eight. He did bring up the backup. He let the guy keep going. Yeah. Well, I don't think that record's going to be broken either. 
I think everything's too too much dialed in on numbers. Speaking of sports best, moving on to the Buffalo Bills from the 90s. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. There's a positive story coming out of Buffalo. Josh Allen's grandmother died, which is oh. sad and tragic after their most recent win. But the the fans have rallied and they've donated over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the oishi children's hospital a lot of the donations have come in at 17 dollars each uh because that's the number he wears i love that that's nice well no offense but i feel like josh isn't hurting for money like did he well, say that's like they, that's why they donated to the hospital in, in his name like that was the first thing i thought when i read the story i was like come on he doesn't need any money but i was like oh they did it in honor to like show their appreciation for him him donating a quarter million dollars to a hospital is not going to make news, but the city rallying around him, I think it's nice. You know, I have, I'm okay with this and I'm not okay with it at all at the same time. You know, where, where should the money go? I don't know. Do, do people of good people of Buffalo, just save your 17 bucks, take your family out to dinner. Josh, just have uh, Josh donate the money in honor of his grandma. That's a, that's kind of a socialist take on it. <laughs> hey, you're rich. You should donate the money. I don't know. I just feel like the, Buffalo seems like a very hardworking blue collar town. Yeah. Josh Allen's got the big bucks. Why are the good hardworking people giving the money? I don't think he got a platform and said, Hey, please donate your money. I think they just wanted to, they wanted to have a way to show their appreciation for him. They did. You know I mean, what? With, with that line of thinking, maybe football games should be free. Hardworking Pittsburgh shouldn't charge. <laughs> the Lions shouldn't charge. Only cities like, Santa Clara, Los Angeles, you, Dallas. You know what? I, in my skepticalness, have ruined this beautiful story about a guy and his grandma at Buffalo. I'm sorry, Andrew. I am sorry. It's a good thing there's an alternative <laughs> show broadcasting about this that is only giving a positive spin on the Josh Allen story. <laughs> All right, Andrew. It is, as you know, the international break in soccer. All of the leagues around the world take like a weekish off and all of the players go back to their home countries and they play each other. The European countries are getting are positioning for the Euros, which come up the summer. Americans are technically getting ready to qualify for the World Cup. And let me tell you this. I've been a fan of the sport of the future in America for a long time. U.S. soccer, right? It's always we're going to be good at some point. We're always going to be good. at. Guess what? I really mean it this time. We got a great U.S. men. Now, we already know the women are outstanding. We know that. We don't mm -hmm. got to worry about them. They got that taken care of. Truly, 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 I mean this. The U.S. men's soccer team is going to be awesome. They're all qualifying, as you know, for the 2022 World Cup, which will be for the first time ever held in the winter in Qatar. Normally, it's been the summer. And as you know, we didn't qualify in 2018 because we paused our sport of the future thing and we sucked. So we took a little bit off. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We have a player for the first time ever on Barcelona's team. His mm -hmm. name is, uh, what's his name? Uh, shoot. Oh, Sergio, Sergino Dest. He starts at left back. And by the way, he doesn't just play. He starts on the Barcelona team. He's wow. like 17 years old. Everybody, the number one name you hear all the time, Christian Pulisic. By the way, he's all of 22 years old. He is a little bit hurt right now for Chelsea, but he is the star of the team at 22. We got people playing in Germany. We got people playing in uh, next to Ronaldo in Italy. I'm telling you, the U.S. future is bright for men's soccer. 
I think you're right. I saw an article on ESPN maybe two or three weeks ago. Christian was talking about the future of soccer in the U.S. And he said, I'm tired of sucking. <laughs> hey, that- he took a page out of Cam Newton's book and <laughs> you throw it out in the universe. This time I mean it. This time we're going to be good. I think the problem with soccer is that the best athletes in the U.S. are not drawn to it because the money isn't there immediately or, or the promise of it. It's not as sexy as being a basketball star. I feel like we're kind of in an inflection point. Most of the good athletes like yourself growing up play tackle football. Mm-hmm. Most of the in your generation grow up like I'm going to play football. But I feel like football and the concussion stuff and the hitting and the moms that are soft – some of the better athletes are trans- – baseball's dying a slow death. It's kind of a slow sport. Uh, football has got the concussion thing. I truly think some of the better athletes, just to push back on your thought, are now playing soccer, and you're seeing that because we have this amazing roster of talent that I, I'm telling you, it's no longer the sport of the future. I would love that to be true, but I would like to submit that concussions <laughs> are pretty rampant in soccer, but they're underreported. So, I mean, like at the high school level and above concussions are still a pretty big thing. It's, it's also a a fact of in everywhere else in the world, your parents grew up playing soccer and soccer is like the biggest thing we need, like the guys who are really good to raise kids, to create elite athletes. And it needs to be in your DNA. You can't start playing when you're eight years old and expect to be the next Lionel Messi. Well, thank you for saying that. Gio Reyna is the son of the former U.S. men's captain, Claudio Reyna. His mom was the captain of the women's team. Thank you for saying that. He's one of the stars. And also to say, just kind of piggyback what you're saying, you've been to Argentina. How many sports leagues do they have over there? Uh, They have cricket and they have soccer. That's it. Like, that is it. Like, we got hockey. We got basketball. We got, I mean, on down the line. And you could argue that you can make an argument that the soccer is the worst of all the major sports franchises. So you're right. Hockey is. Wow. I I love the sport of hockey, but what the people running hockey have been doing is upsetting me. God, Uh, I left them when they went on strike in the mid two thousands and they went to the versus network. Get out of here, dude. God is going to strike you down, man. I can't believe you said that. Are we recording this? Are we recording this? I'm going to cut this out in post. So it's fine. (laughs) Listen, I really want to say this, though. I am so excited. I love British Premier Soccer. I love when the U.S. soccer team is good. I am so excited about the future of this team. They're all young. They're all good. I think it truly is going to be so much fun to watch in the future. I think one last thing about this soccer story that we have going for us in the United States is we are we have honed our skills at jumping on the bandwagon. So as soon (laughs) as we get good. All 320 million or however, how many people live here at that point, we're going to be on board. It's national pride. We're going to jump on it. And as soon as we start sucking again, we're getting right off. Just as a point of information, will you be jumping on the wagon or are you already on the wagon? Who, uh, I would say I'm already on it, but okay. I'm barely on it. Like I'm okay. walking next to it, holding it because I don't know. I was a referee for 10 years. I understand soccer. I love it. I'm just, I was too big and awkward to be good at it growing up. So it's not something I'm skilled at. I, just for the record, am a card-carrying member of the American Outlaws, so I am already on the wagon. Thank you. That's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on to Texas high school football. Oh! The Texas uh, Boss Hog Bowl, Cowboys Stadium, <laughs> going to be hosting the Class 4A and below championships. As you know, there are six different classifications for high school football teams, 6A all the way down to 1A. 
So basically for 6A, if you have more than 2,200 students enrolled, that's what your class of your football team is. 5A is 1,200 to 2,200 and then on down below. And um, the bigger schools are still trying to figure out where they're going to play. But uh, Texas Stadium taking advantage of making money. Jerry Jones is a good businessman. So help me understand this, Mr. Texas. Uh, I, I hear that the uh, Jerry world is kind of a big deal, kind of a big stadium. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a big, kind of a big place. Mm-hmm. Can they fill the big place with the high school football game? You mean outside of COVID? Like, no, no. well, I mean, there's that. And there's yes. like, can, can they get enough fans for a high school yes. football game? For, for a 5A or a 6A game, I think they could. I know for sure at their old stadium in Irving, uh, also called Texas Stadium, high school football games would fill it. There was one with South Lake Carroll was going against, I can't remember who they were playing, but they had both been defeat, undefeated the year before. And I think South Lake moved up to 6A and the game was sold out and the band missed the halftime show because the traffic was so bad they couldn't get in. <laughs> I mean, playing, playing at Texas Stadium is a staple of high school football playoffs. I played there. It's, it's an honor. It's cool to do that. That is some great inside baseball with your Texas football. So then, but this is my other question is like, we got the COVIDs going on. They're packing the Jerry world, even with the COVIDs. Well, who knows what's going to happen between now and then. I think it's going to be at a percentage capacity like they're doing oh. with uh, the NFL, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, they're going to maximize whatever the government will let them do. Cause, Cause to me, that makes perfect sense. Right. As I mentioned, Jerry world, big place. If right. they spread everybody out for the Jerry world, that could be like a really socially distant, good way to have the high school football game. Yeah. I'd like to clarify though. So right now, Boss Hog Bowl is only doing 4A and below, which is a smaller school. So I don't think those will fill them up. And to give people who haven't been to Texas a good sense, I went to a 5A high school. I don't think 6A existed when I was in high school, but when I was in college, I had a girlfriend come visit. Hey, and visit Dallas and we were driving by my high school and she saw the stadium she said what college is that I was like that's high school that's our high school football stadium can we get the can we get the young ex-girlfriend's name just for just so that we know for posterity yeah it was Michelle it's not the person I'm marrying oh Michelle young love oh she was young buffalo she was yeah oh god miss miss, miss Michelle hey um if you could put on some nice proper uh theater music right now we're gonna do book club andrew to do a little book club a little book review thank you very much uh do you know who jim gray is the longtime sportscaster yeah he's your brother-in-law right he is my brother-in-law he's out with a new book talking to goats the moments you remember and the stories you've never heard he's 60 years old has spent the last 40 years interviewing all sorts of people it started when in 1978 it was at the denver airport and he interviewed Muhammad Ali. He's decided to put all these great stories into a book called Talking to Goats. I want to submit that it was at the Stapleton Airport, not the Illuminati Airport, which is currently hosted in, in Denver right now. I do. I am very thankful that every time we talk about the Denver Airport, you always mention the secret underground chamber oh. that the Illuminati. I love that you do that. It It's it's a Pavlovian response. I can't not talk about it because I think it's the most interesting conspiracy theory ever. Tom Brady wrote the foreword to this book, which I think is nice. And it made me wonder if you were going to write a book, who would write your foreword? Um, the Holy Spirit would write the foreword for my book. Does that count? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. 
Uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> you caught me off guard. I liked uh, reading more about the story that Jim Gray, his nickname was Scratchy. He got it from Jack Nicholson, was watching him, and he basically, because Jim Gray is unrelenting and asking questions, he's just like, Jack Nicholson said, quote, you, get, you got a little scratchy with those people. I like the way you keep digging for the story. Keep scratching. Keep digging. I like that. Uh, Jim Jim <laughs> Jim Gray was asked about the some of the people that he's interviewed that are in this book: Muhammad Ali, Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. He said, "Quote: They're all very different, but most of them are extremely dedicated. They are myopic in their pursuit of excellence and desire to achieve something really great without being deterred, no matter what obstacles are placed in front of them." I feel like Jim Gray could have been talking about you, Andrew. He could have been. You went through that really quick. Can you read the list of names that he's interviewed? The, the big shots? Well, yeah. Muhammad Ali, Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant, LJ, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson. I, now, I don't... Hold I was on. trying to figure... Th- yes. He didn't interview the Holy Spirit? He did not interview... So you have that You have that up over him if, <laughs> if you get your Ford written by the Holy Spirit. Now, I feel like he... I thought he sat down with these people for the book. I feel like he's just summarizing conversations that he's had with these people over 40 years. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good book. I'm definitely going to check it out. And I'm No, gonna, you're not. You're just saying that. I'm going to put it in my Amazon queue right now, wait two <laughs> days and order it. Do you remember last year when we were watching Sunday of the Masters in a bar in New York? Totally oh, remember that. that Loved was it. A good time. Great so, memory. As we record this last night, Tiger Woods hosted the Champions Dinner in Augusta, and he got a little emotional remembering his big win. It was his fifth green jack in his 15th major championship and it, it was a little emotional huh, for him because he's he's like i'm old and i'm uh i'm happy that i won one of my favorite traditions of the masters is that if you win the tournament the next year to start off the week you get to choose the menu for the dinner the opening mm-hmm. dinner so you get to say like like whatever you want that's what you get to choose to eat so i'm always like i love finding out the menu of what these champions choose like like I feel like uh, a couple of years ago it was a Australian that won, so he had like the outback steak thing going on. Oh, they had a blooming onion. I I don't know if they had a blooming onion, but I feel so. It's always kind of fun. Australians hate that. I think they hate outback steakhouse. No, I think they like it. My most the thing that stuck out most to me for this story was the Augusta Chronicle writes an article and they said there was twenty six to thirty three people attending. They couldn't count. I mean, that's like a, a random number. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to print it, one, two, three. Okay. There's 28 people. Just to defend the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. What? The Augusta Chronicle? Augusta Chronicle. Uh, is that they probably aren't let in. So he's probably like behind a bush trying to count the dudes that are like going into this thing. Oh, he's like Marty McFly, peep, peep and Tom. On totally his, peep and Tom. On his, on his mom. Don't, right? wait, don't change. Don't go, to, don't go to my thing. Um, my second favorite, <laughs> my second favorite thing about Augusta is that, um, as we mentioned earlier this week, someone played Augusta that I know. And when you play there, their big thing is breakfast. Oh, there's no menu. You can ask for whatever you want and they'll get it to you. Like you'll yeah. like, I would, my friend's Korean and he was like, I want uh kimchi in an omelet da, 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 and they make it. They have like everything you could possibly want for breakfast. Well, I think also they're famous for if you're there, everything is like comically cheap. Like you're yeah. paying through the nose to get there, but it's like water is a dollar or something like things like that. Hot dogs are cheap. Peanuts are cheap. Cokes are cheap. They have cheap Coke there? I think so. I 
never gonna go. <laughs> okay, all right, it's a family show, Keller. This is a family show. I guess our families listen to this, so it makes it a family show. <laughs> a 310-pound quarterback decides to shift to defensive tackle. I think part of my favorite of if we have time is trying to come up with a headline that doesn't make any sense. Do we have time for this? Do we have time to talk about high school football again? We have time always to talk about 300-pound quarterbacks, Andrew. So I don't know what to make of this story. So Iowa State, I read this headline. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Maybe this guy, they compare him to Lamar Jackson, who is a beast by, by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm like, why would he go to Iowa State? And then I realized he's not going to continue to play quarterback. He's going to be an average to below average size defensive tackle. This is not the sport. This is not me giving the sports best to you, but what do you mean? Big so he's not going to play quarterback. No, he's going to play defensive tackle at Iowa state. He committed to it. Oh, so it, like I, I watched highlights of him playing quarterback in uh, like his highlight reel and people just bounce off of him because he's <laughs> massive. But in college, he's not that big. I do. They did talk about how when he was playing Pop Warner, he was over. He was two pounds below the weight limit to carry the ball. But he was so big. He was so strong that they gave him the mark anyway. That was something I had to deal with. I was I had to have an X on my helmet. So if I ever got the ball, uh, it was instantly down. Shut up. I didn't even I've never heard of that rule. Yeah, we played. It was there was a weight limit for every age group in my third grade year. Our last game of the season, we played the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, and they didn't have the weight limit, and they put me in at running by, running back that game, and I was plowing through people because I was so much bigger than everybody, but it wasn't – during the regular season, it wasn't fair. Yeah. First of all, I learned last week you choked somebody out, and this week you had an X on your helmet. Yeah. I do have a note that I skipped when we were talking about Josh Allen and the money donated to the hospital – when I was at CU, this woman died, and she left her $80,000 estate to Ralphie the Buffalo. I feel like there's better things to do with your money than that. Thank you for getting our Ralphie uh, quotient in for the month. Thank you. We hadn't talked about Colorado in a while, so I needed exactly. to Exactly, exactly. So fly into Denver's airport, say hi to Illuminati, eat a Buffalo burger. Rest in peace, RIP Josh Allen Grandma. You have listened to the Sports Best. Andrew Keller's Q rating just went up 10 points. I'm Larry Olson. See you next week.